The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you interested in changing a part of your life? Whether it's finances, relationships, reducing stress, or just personal health, sometimes just changing a few small things can bring great rewards. Welcome to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wadwa. We'll provide possible steps you need to see these improvements. All we ask is that you try them out. Now, here is Dr. Serena Wadwa. All right, and welcome to today's show. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining us. We have got Dr. and I know I'm going to say this incorrectly, even though you just told me how to pronounce your first name a second ago. Dr. Michi Fu, is that correct? Thank you. Wonderful. And she is um, with us today from California, which hopefully your weather is hopefully a little bit better than ours is in Chicago. Um, But in California, she's an associate professor of clinical psychology at the California School of Professional Psychology of Alliant International University, and she teaches a variety of courses that relate to diversity, advocacy, cross-cultural issues, and does a whole bunch of other things. Um, And we're so grateful to have her on today's show because she's actually going to talk with us a little bit about positive psychology and what it is and how it may be of use to you. So welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's just jump kind of right into this concept of positive psychology, because I know, like at a certain point of time, it was really pretty popular and quote unquote, trendy almost. So what exactly is positive psychology? And, and how do you see it relating to wellness in general? Uh Well, it's an age-old question that probably people should be attributing to Maslow, who thought of the hierarchy of needs, but more recently attributed to someone named Martin Seligman. Um, Martin Seligman was past president of APA, American Psychological Association, and basically this is a, a new way that psychologists were supposed to be looking at different types of um, mental health situations. So in the past, a lot of people would look at it in terms of a deficit, like what's wrong with this person. And positive psychology puts a different spin on it saying, what's working well and what can we do to improve? So positive psychology is kind of the basis of looking at wellness, or it's at least one of the factors. And it's it's been a shift over the past um, decade or so. So it's in its newest iteration, is still relatively young, and there's a lot of research that's been coming out. Okay, so when you talk about what's working well, so if we're looking at positive psychology and um, you're talking about what's working well for the individual and then how do they improve with that, are you referring to like things that they're currently doing that are working well for them, or how exactly are we... Um, um, relating that? 
That's actually a very good question. So one way of looking at it is looking at folks from a strength-based perspective. So for some people, they're able to tell you the 10 things in their lives that are not going well. And it could be um, finances, it could be relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe they're awesome at swimming, and they've placed medals at their high school and whatever, whatever. Um, so we want to focus in on the person's strengths and get them to capitalize on that so that they feel a sense of empowerment, um, increased self-esteem, et cetera. For those that have a lot of difficulty finding anything that's going right in their lives, there are some um, tricks of the trade, if you will, for things that people can do to um, bolster their sense of positive psychology. So for the listeners that are, you know, maybe listening and they're like, okay, yeah, I can't really identify any strengths at this point. And, you know, I'm even thinking about like clients um, that I've worked with, you know, that either they're in a really um, deep clinical depression or really struggling with a lot of things that are not going well in their life. What, what might be some of those quote unquote tricks that, you know, maybe a listener can look at to help themselves um, pick up on a strength that they may have? Okay, so there are quite a few exercises, but a very easy one um, is an exercise having to do with gratitude. So it's defined as being thankful and grateful for the things that people um, might have in their lives. And there's an actual gratitude exercise, which some people find to be helpful, because usually after one week, when you ask someone, um, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy versus depressed are you, you can already start to see results. Um, after a month, you can see even more positive results. So people who tend to use the gratitude exercise tend to experience immediate boost in happiness and a decrease in depression. Um, there are several ways of doing this, and I think it really depends on, again, the person's strength. So for some people, being able to call up someone that's very important in their lives and say thank you would be a relatively easy thing to do. And for other people, um, having that kind of direct verbal contact is not that familiar or comfortable. So right. instead, they might write a note or um, some other indirect way of communicating to the person. For other people, it can be even more private where they're able to journal on their own a few things that they're grateful for. So even something as simple, and that sounds so simple, you know, to, just to say that here are like things that I'm grateful um, to have in my life. And, and what I'm hearing you say, and just for the benefit of our listeners, is that by doing that on some sort of consistent basis, that what you've discovered in research is that there is some benefit to um, listing or um, putting out there what, what a person is grateful for. Yeah, more or less. For some people, being able to identify the things that are not going so awful, it's almost like a paradoxical intervention. If you're forced to name some things that are going well, then it gives you an alternative place to focus. 
And that's really interesting because I, you know, I, I find that really intriguing because so often, you know, when I'm thinking about like conversations that we may have with family members or with friends or colleagues or even clients that we may see, so oftentimes there is a lot of focus on what's not going well and what what you're not, um, what you may be more frustrated with that's happening in your life. And it sounds like from a positive psychology point of view per se, that this is really just kind of shifting um, a perspective, so to speak. Absolutely. And there's actually another exercise that we sometimes uh, prescribe to folks. It's a twist on the gratitude exercise, but it's called Three Good Things. Three Good Things is another very basic positive psychology reflection tool that helps people to feel happier as well as less depressed. And we really do look at those as two separate continuums because it is positive. Um, It is possible for someone to be happy and depressed at the same time. I know that sounds awfully strange, but um, for example, I had someone who was very close to me uh, announce that they were moving to the other side of the world because of these wonderful opportunities that awaited for them. Um, And I was so sad for myself, but happy for this person that was going to make a life for themselves. So um, we look at those two as completely separate variables. But the three good things exercise are basically where participants are asked to list out three good things that happen each day and the causes of the event. This exercise basically demonstrates um, even up to one month of administering this um, reflection tool that people continue to feel those effects. Now, can you imagine if every day, um, even if it's something small, like found the best parking spot at my favorite department store or um, did not get a warning from the school principal that I had to go pick up my child or something. <laughs> so for some people, identifying um, good things are are not necessarily um, what everyone else would think, like a good thing, like, oh, I just won the lotto. They could be small wins. Now, the connection part is what led to that that event. So for me, well, I left early today, so I had something to do with um, finding a good parking spot. Or um, I, I had a pep talk with my kid not to respond to bullies, and so they were able to respond in a, a way that didn't cause attention. So getting them to connect the precipitating events also helps people to feel more in control of when things do go their way. That's that's a lot of information there. So it's like, so just to kind of sum up here. So with positive psychology, and one of the words that you mentioned is something I'd like to come back to as well, because I think when you and I had this discussion um, several weeks ago, I know it was one of those words, that, um, happiness, about you know just kind of this variable. Um, but what you're talking about here is that not only not only by focusing on positive things that are happening in your life. You are then also reflecting on what led you to that positive thing, which then gives you a broader sense of control, um, happiness, um, maybe even the basis of a sense of security. Is that Absolutely. Yes. So people okay. feel empowered to assert themselves next time. Mm-hmm. 
And when you say like assert themselves next time, like in a similar situation or in one of those areas that their feeling is not going really well? Well, definitely for a very similar scenario, but our hope is that people can learn to extrapolate whatever lesson they learned and apply it to other scenarios. So in the example of um, I found the best parking spot available for that particular meeting, Um, And whatever I did to contribute to that, well, I I left early, I set my alarm that morning, et cetera, et cetera. So the hope is that I would then be able to apply that to other very similar situations. Oh, so then you kind of transfer that and look at, oh, this is, so this is like almost even quote unquote a strength that if I continue to leave earlier, I leave or I organize myself in a way that I'm leaving a few minutes earlier and not being rushed, then these are some good things that happen to me. Absolutely. And you mentioned a key word, um, which is strengths. There's actually another exercise that people oftentimes use called identifying signature strengths. And in that, there are some online surveys that people can go in and kind of assess their own five highest strengths and we encourage people to use their strengths, um, which is there's there's a spin on the identifying signature strengths. People are able to show immediate happiness right after they are have taken that online survey. But if you follow up with them afterwards, like let's say a month afterwards, you won't see that happiness sustaining itself unless you encourage people to actually use their signature strengths. So it's a two-step process. Not only are you able to identify, like, yes, I am a kind person, I'm very caring, or I'm very patient, but you, you can actually have results up to six months later if you ask people, now go out and use that strength of yours. Go sit with someone and patiently listen to their problems or whatever it is that you identified as your signature strength. That has one of the longest-term effects. Is by consistently using their signature strengths. By having an awareness of what it is and then exercising that muscle, so to speak. So for some people, they they can't recognize where their strengths are and they just naturally are, whatever, a caregiver. So you're asking people to be very mindful, which is mm. another part of positive psychology. It involves a lot of mindfulness, being very aware of what's going on both around and inside of you. And so just to kind of sum that up, so when we're looking at signature st- strengths, we're actually looking at um, characteristics or uh, it could be talents or it could be um, um, values or principles that really this person um, embraces. Yes. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health & Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan and Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Cancer is not something to be taken lightly, but instead of being talked at by doctors, medical providers, and others, wouldn't it be nice to hear from a host who has worked at the Cancer Coalface for 38 years as a caregiver, supporter for 14,000 patients, and who has had the experience of having a life-threatening condition herself? You will hear the stories of survivors and other people who work in breakthrough cancer medicine. Navigating the Cancer Maze with host Grace Goller will help you with the facts, planning, and grief experienced with different forms and stages of cancer. Listen every Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Or if you're just joining us, then thank you for tuning in. We are talking with Dr. Fu from uh, California School of Professional Psychology out in sunny California. Is it actually really sunny there right now? Actually, it is very sunny right now. <laughs> okay, because here in <laughs> Chicago, it's not so sunny right now. And, oh. and we are actually talking about the concept of positive psychology. And what's, what great information um, that we had uh, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about how positive psychology is, is looking more at what people are doing well and how they can, and I like the word that you used, you know, kind of like capitalize or optimize even those areas. And then also looking at some of their own strengths um, and how they can bring more of that into their day-to-day life. Um, and so you provided, um, you know, a couple different exercises, um, you know, in terms of what listeners can do to start that process. And, you know, one of the things that I did want to ask you about, um, because I know you and I had talked about this before, is this concept of happiness. And, you know, so oftentimes we hear about um, happiness is what people want, and they're trying to get that. And, you know, people really work hard and put a lot of effort into being happy and experiencing happiness. And I'm, I'm curious from a positive psychology point of view, um, where, where, where is that? What, what is that about? And how does that relate to how we can keep ourselves well or take steps forward to be well? Uh, well, actually, positive psychology is a bit complicated. Um, <laughs> certainly, it is oftentimes linked with happiness but not in all cultures. So for some cultures, positive psychology could simply mean um, a state of balance rather than overtly being happy or being able to express that even. Um, There is definitely a link to emotions and having an awareness of that, but there have been so many spinoffs. So the historical roots are what's called humanistic psychology, and so there you have... um, people who who were thinkers and um, really able to sit with people 
Um, so we have some major influences in psychology that just looked at what it is to be a humanistic psychologist. And that's really the art of that is, is sitting there and accepting the person or expressing love towards a person for exactly the way that they're being without judgment. That's a very simplified way of explaining humanistic psychology. Um, but lately, the newer trend in positive psychology has been to look at all the spin-offs. And so for some of, some of the folks that look to um, where that's taking us, it's even gotten to things like um, Finding Flow. So mm. there, there is an actual book that was out um, on how to achieve flow, and it's by a colleague whose name I cannot pronounce. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yes, but many people his, have his struggle with called, that one. <laughs> I know, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful, but his book <laughs> called Finding Flow really talks about um, the importance of goal setting and and the different states of being that happen when someone really gets into that, that groove of following their passion. So that's a completely different arm of positive psychology. There's all these different ways that people apply it to, to different cultures. And I, I will just simply say that there's um, a bunch of different school of thoughts so to speak, um, but more recently, they kind of stemmed from Martin Seligman's presidency of the American Psychological Association. So, so what I'm hearing you say then is that, um, you know, because I'm wondering, like, and, and just from a listener's perspective, you know, I know that there are listeners that, you know, tune into the show because they want to develop and cultivate their own um, areas of wellness and, and figure out ways that they can do that. And and I'm really um, grateful. Ooh, there's one thing I can say I'm grateful for right now is that uh-huh. you mentioned how it does really vary, um, you know, culture to culture because some, some listeners may want to um, try these different exercises and strategies um, to cultivate more happiness while for other listeners it may be more about uh, finding more peace or more balance or um, contentment or whatever the case may be. And and that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is that it does kind of vary for not just cultures, but maybe even individuals. Absolutely. Um, one thing to keep in mind when we're trying to prescribe a certain exercise for the person is what is this person most needing? Um, and that's because the way that positive psychology has developed over the past 12 or so years is looking at three general overlapping areas of investigation. So the first would be something called pleasant life, and that's usually what people um, tend to associate with, like, the good the good life, uh, I'm sorry, the, the life of enjoyment. Mm. So those are things like, I went out and I had an awesome meal last night, and it was so decadent. Um, so those are really nice things to experience, and that's noted as the pleasant life. The good life is more like um, the life of engagement, and this is kind of like overlapping with the flow that I was talking about earlier. These are things where when someone is engaged in a particular activity, they feel like their strengths and the, the task at hand makes them feel confident, and, and it's just a really good match. And so this usually has a pro social, more pro-social aspect to it. And in fact, um, the third category has to do with having a meaningful life. So this has to do with a life of affiliation. 
this is when people start to go higher up on Maslow's social hierarchy in terms of needs. And this is when we feel like we belong and we have a meaning or a purpose in society. So if you were to guess, um, some people might say, well, I'll just go for the pleasant life. Like, I had a good meal, and that's, that's enough for me. The research actually shows that those gains are very short-term. So while they are important just to get people outside of the house or to identify something good that happened, that's actually a very short-term perspective compared to going into a flow and having a life of engagement or really finding your purpose in life. So those are the ones that ultimately you want people to strive for, um, but certainly meeting the person where they're at. If, if trying to find their purpose in life is so beyond where they're currently at, then you may need to start with having exercises that focus in on, on having a pleasant um, experience in life. So, you know, and that's a really, um, I really like how how that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not separated, but how it's differentiated, you know, because uh-huh. it, it does sound like, you know, like I'm thinking about like um, clients that I've worked with or even, you know, friends and family members or, or colleagues that have struggled with something in that, you know, they just are, they're struggling with even just feeling good about anything in their life. And it sounds like starting off with really small, small steps, like finding things that relate to enjoyment really can help then give them um, that momentum to get to or, or um, no pun intended, but flow into the good life, you know, where they feel more engaged with things and they may recognize that things seem a little different for them. And is that, is that kind of how um, this is meant, not necessarily, is this how, how do I want to say this? Is that kind of how it's meant to be more effective for people too? That by, you know, starting small, taking small steps, seeing what you really enjoy, and then moving forward with engagement and affiliation or belonging and meeting, um, that that really is a way to help you move forward. Absolutely. I think it's very important to meet the person where they're at. And so you could take baby steps. Um, usually in the first couple sessions, it's pretty obvious where the person is at. So for some people, they're, they're active enough to get out of the household and they have a strong enough support system. So maybe they don't need some of the more basic levels of identifying something good. Um, but maybe they're looking for mindfulness. And that's really looking at what are different ways that people can, some people meditate or things like that to become more focused about their immediate experience. And that's really being content in the moment. That has a lot of roots in um, certain philosophies like Eastern philosophies um, or Buddhism. But then there are other folks where they're rather, they have a sense of helplessness which can lead to hopelessness and depression. And so for those kind of folks, we're really looking at how can we combat learned helplessness. Learned helplessness is something like um, they did a study with a dog in a cage, and they, they had two groups. One was a control group where the dog had a lever that could stop some intermittent shocks. And they were very low level, nothing life-threatening, but the floor of the cage um, would emit shocks, and there was a lever in the same cage, and the control group dogs could go and press on that lever and stop the shocks. 
So they felt very um, in control of how to make the shocks go away. Then there were other cages that were outfitted so that there, there was no lever or the lever didn't work. And those dogs, at first they would yelp, they would bark, and eventually they would just stop doing anything. They would just lie down and appear very depressed. And sometimes people learn something very similar, like why bother trying? And if you've learned this script ever since you were little, like what's the point of trying to get good grades? I always get yelled at. What's the point of coming home with a smile on my face if my parents are just going to be mad at me? So if you continue to have this script, you're going to learn how to be helpless. Sometimes positive psychology is meeting people at that level of just trying to get them to identify things that they can be in control of or things that can result in some minimal happiness. So it's really meeting the person where they're at. And that's a really great, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some listeners, you know, that, that may be listening to this and they're all just like, oh yeah, that's fabulous, but I have absolutely nothing that I can control and, you know, there's nothing good going on in my life. And it sounds like even that, that there is something that they have control over, that there's always something that we, that we can find um, and, and that's part of what positive psychology is about is is looking and just just kind of going through all the hay for that needle, basically, um, and, and just keep looking. Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say? Yes. In fact, if you have someone who is not accustomed to looking at their own strengths, and there are some cultures where it's, it's not okay to tell people how smart you think you are or... <laughs> So whatever it is, positive trait, fill in the blank, it's, it's kind of strange in some cultures to be bragging about yourself. But if you were to take the staple exercises that most people often use, um, so earlier I had mentioned something called identifying signature strengths, and that is a very basic skill that some people have difficulty with because you're, you're taught at a very young age, don't brag. Um, but if you were to rephrase it, so that it could be more culturally congruent, like what would people who know you very well, what might they say your signature strengths are? That could be a very um, different approach to getting the same answer. Um, Or even um, having individuals ask other people, like what do you see? So not even... um, like, I like how you phrase that, like, what, what might they say about you? And even maybe taking it one step further, just go ask them. Exactly. That could be another exercise as well. The, if you take it another step further, the using of the signature strengths makes people feel like, oh, I'm able to contribute something to the rest of society. There's another exercise that I um, haven't spoken about yet, but it's called You at Your Best Exercise. And in this particular reflection exercise, participants are asked to write and reflect about a time when they really felt like they were at their optimum. And during that time, they're supposed to reflect upon the actual strengths that they exhibited. It actually showed an increase in happiness um, a week later and even up to three to six months after this actual intervention. So it's almost like asking someone to create a narrative Um, for clients that have a lot of difficulty bragging about themselves, I might have them create a fictitious character and write an essay about that or draw me a character and describe it to me verbally about someone who looked a lot like this person, but we'll call them something else so that it's not so 
close to home and therefore sometimes culturally incongruent. And uh, we're going to pick up on that right after a quick break, so stay tuned. Okay. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawathwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. Thanks for staying tuned or listening in and join or joining us or whatever you're doing at this moment. Just thank you. And I'm using that gratitude thing because apparently that's a really good thing to use with positive psychology. So I'm picking up on that today. We're talking with Dr. Fu about positive psychology what you can do with it to um, move forward in your own wellness when it comes to different areas. And right before the break, you were talking about um, this other um, strategy about, you know, creating this narrative or a story about a situation um, where a person or an individual who may be struggling with identifying their strengths can, you know, write this story about um a time where they did something really well, like this, um, they felt like they were quote unquote successful in whatever situation it was, like how they handled something or whatnot. And and I wanted just to kind of come back to that for a minute because I thought that was really useful because I know a lot of people, like what you said, they have a hard time talking about their own strengths and things that they're good at, you know, and 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 what a tie-in with confidence and, and esteem issues, you know, that we see a lot of. And I'm wondering if there's a way, like, um, if you could just talk a little bit more about that with this notion of positive psychology and, and how it relates to wellness. How, how have people benefited um, when they do things like that? Sure. So the You at Your Best exercise works well when people have a hard time 
taking credit. And these are usually the folks who are quietly working in the background, and then when someone tries to give them a compliment, like, oh, no, that wasn't me, it was a group effort, and have a hard time claiming credit where it's due. This enables people to directly link how their behaviors have enacted some sort of sequence of events that produced a positive outcome. Um, so, for this exercise, participants are asked to write and re- reflect about a time when they felt like they were at their best. They're also specifically looking for the strengths that they exhibited during that time. And as I mentioned before, it sometimes demonstrates happiness for um, a week, but oftentimes it's not surprising to see people have elevated levels of happiness and less depression within a three to six month post um, intervention period. So that is generally speaking for mainstream culture, not always the case when you're working with um, different cultures. So some cultures might not, um, might not teach others to constantly reflect about how they stand out and are different from others. And if that's the case, then looking at collective happiness, collective strengths, that might be a... Um, a compromise rather than looking at individual traits. And so even like, you know, I'm thinking about when you say collective, like um, a family unit, figuring out as a family, what are our strengths? What do we do well together? And, and building on that even potentially. Absolutely. So there's actually a ton of websites. Uh, Therapist Aid is one example where there's a bunch of different exercises that people can use. There's one called a family crest where you can Look at what are my family's strengths. Um, another spin on this is sometimes when I'm working with students or interns, we work on something called a worldview genogram where you look at the sources of pride that have emerged as a result of your family history. There are um, other exercises that I've tried with like leadership development retreats uh, participants. I have people look at their entire culture what are you extremely proud of? List three to five things that you really feel um, exhibit strengths about your culture. So it could be at the individual level, the family level, as well as a more macro, say, for example, ethnic identity. And what a great way then to even like work with that in terms of like, I'm thinking about individuals that, um, you know, like what you said earlier, they may struggle to be able to even identify anything good in their life. And by looking at culturally, what brings you pride or happiness or peace about your your cultures, your culture's history, that that is even something that can be integrated into the person and kind of um, working its way from the bigger picture to the individual even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, okay. So that, that's really, that's, that's, wow. Okay. I'm, I just need to try some of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious just as a whole then, you know, because I, I know there may be some listeners there that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds all great. You know, and I, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. But, but is, it, is, it, um, is it realistic to believe that we can always be positive? Because I think 
like one of the things people tend to take away when they hear positive psychology, and I get this a lot actually from clients um, and and just people you know that I talk with at different events and networking things and whatnot. Um, you know that positive psychology is is about talking positively, and and not not letting the negative in. And I'm curious your thoughts on that, and if and if it's even realistic to believe that we can always, always, and I'm using a very distorted word there, be positive. Yeah, actually, there is some debate. There are some people that talk about pros and cons of of looking at positive psychology. Um, there, there is there is a school of thought saying yes. This is available to some folks, and for other people, this this way of looking at positive thinking could almost be like peer pressure. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> yes. we, we have to think of something positive when we're just not there. Um, right. So, yes, what you're saying does not apply to everyone. For the most part, though, this was kind of in response to... Um, looking at the field and the way that it was progressing and really moving towards uh, a critical way of looking at human behavior. And a lot of times people would say, um, well, this person's weaknesses or their deficits or their functional impairments, and you're, you're constantly zoning in on the negative symptoms. Um, but what about, yes, this person struggles with relationships or whatever it is, but they have a strength that we can tap into and give them either individual self-esteem or collective self-esteem by highlighting those as strengths. So you are right. Um, It also depends on culture. So I'll give you an odd example that people don't oftentimes think of. But in, in Asian cultures, due to the need to live in harmony with one another, there's this collectivistic way of engaging others around you where you don't show a lot of emotions. Why is that? Well, usually in um, very traditional Asian households, there's, there are other competing values. Say, for example, filial piety. When I become an adult child, I have to then uh, take in my, my elderly parents into my household even if I have my own kids. So you automatically have a sandwich generation built in. Uh, But sometimes it's not uncommon for me to also take in an adult sibling and their family or whatever. So if you have all these different family members living under the same roof, it becomes imperative for each family member to live harmoniously to not necessarily get into fits of explosive anger, temper tantrums. Um, That's understandable. But then even if you have ecstatic happiness, let's say PDA, you know, I am extremely madly in love with my spouse or partner and I want to be able to express that, well, that might make other people in my little household feel kind of uncomfortable. So even extremely positive emotions are kind of suppressed as well as the negative. So in Asian cultures, it's not really important to be super happy but it's more important to um, be at peace in in balance with others around you. So if that's the case, you probably wouldn't be trying to highlight all the signature strengths and get people to boast about themselves, et cetera, et cetera, because that would be incongruent culturally. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So to, to kind of just uh, sum that up, you're looking at it from the perspective of what are the needs of the individual when it comes to um, what they want to get out of this. So for example, like, you know, the example that you gave in, in Asian culture for most individuals, they're, they're striving for harmony and in harmony, it's not so much about what am I good at? What am I good at? It's more about what do, what, what can I do to keep harmony among myself and all these other people around me? Yes. Okay. Yes, that is one of the ways where positive psychology uh, may not be applied broadly. Another criticism of positive psychology are that what if thinking positive all that you can, um, let's say if we try and use this with cancer patients, doesn't actually eradicate the cancer. Now you're setting this person up to fail um, and possibly feel even more dejected or helpless. Another common objection is that human beings, what makes us different from all the other species is that we're meant to experience the full range of emotions that are available to us. And so classifying emotions as being negative or positive has a subjective spin to it, um, almost like a judgment. And so people who really believe that humans are supposed to experience all sorts of emotions would object to this way of categorizing emotions. So, so there is, um, so there is a lot of debate over the effectiveness of positive psychology. And it sounds like then like for listeners that are listening into it, you know, really then it becomes more of a decision as to, okay, this may be um, another venue that you can utilize to see how it's going to help you move forward in your own life, but not necessarily, um, um, sticking to every single piece of of what it may be or not be is that is that kind of what I'm hearing from you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it does become very it it does become very individualistic, like many things um, that are out there. All in all, yeah. In fact, a lot of people would love for there to be a definitive answer. Um, But the most definitive answer that I can give is, it depends. (laughs) (laughs) Most people don't want to hear that. No, no, not at all. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more about positive psychology with Dr. Fu. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You read about it in health news every day. Cancer rates are going up. Obesity in the U.S. is on the rise. Heart disease and diabetes are top killers every year. We can follow the advice of our doctor, but cravings persist. Weight goes up and energy is still down. It doesn't have to be like this. Tune in for Body Balance Talk with your host, Jeannie Schmidt, along with Lucy and Madeline. You'll learn how you can work with your body to feel better and look better, too. Body Balance Talk airs live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? 
choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Moving Forward, Wellness One Step at a Time with Dr. Serena Wathwa. If you have a question or comment for the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to drserenawathwa at gmail.com. That's drserenawadhwa at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. And welcome back. Thanks for listening in and staying tuned with us as we talk about positive psychology with Dr. Fu. And right before the break, you know, you were mentioning some of the criticisms um, just about like different schools of thought related to positive psychology. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about some of the consequences and benefits and potential costs of positive psychology. Sure. So, In addition to sometimes having cultures with values that are incongruent with just focusing on the positive, there could also be individual differences. Um, So some people believe that real life is about balancing the positive with the negative. And if we constantly suppress things that appear negative, then you can have um, unintended consequences. So, for example, if you end up suppressing things, rather than them completely disappearing, sometimes the material might come back into our subconscious and may play out in a very inappropriate time. So, for some people, um, the integration of negative experiences or emotions with the whole being is more important than ignoring it and suppressing it. Which may not be, which then can uh, depend upon what, the individual is trying to, uh, what the ultimate goal may be for themselves with using positive psychology with a clinician or um, figuring out how to use these exercises on their own that can vary from individual to individual. So like if they, if they recognize, okay, my purpose is not for me to feel worse, so I don't want to really suppress all this stuff, how can I balance that out where I can still express my anger and yet still maintain harmony. Right. Okay. What about, um, so that might be uh, an unintended consequence or consequence of this. What, what might be some benefits that listeners um, can hear about positive psychology? So the benefits for most people are getting to look at themselves in a semi-objective way. So you're, you're encouraging yourself to step outside of your usual experiences where, I don't know, things just kind of fell into place or things kind of fell apart and I had nothing to do with it. Positive psychology is an empowering way of looking at your role in um, events that are around you or the way that relationships can go. And it encourages people to look at um, 
integrating all these different aspects of their experiences, especially if you follow the mindfulness route of positive psychology. Um, it also encourages people to look at happiness on a variety of dimensions rather than focusing in on, well, I had a good day yesterday because I didn't need to sit in traffic very long. So that would be a very minor way of looking at one level of happiness that, oh, I was able to help someone with a flat tire is a kind of like an act of good deed, and that's a completely different level of um, happiness versus I, I wrote something, and it will impact other people, and I may or may not actually see the results of that, but you feel like you have a purpose or a meaning in life. So being able to look at happiness in a, in a complex way rather than in a very simplified um, structure helps people to feel like, okay, there are different ways for me to pursue the same ultimate goal. Um, and given that there are a variety of exercises, so I, I threw out like a variety of different things that I might try, um, but those are very individual levels. We can do similar applications to couples therapy or families therapy, getting people to dialogue with one another using more structured exercises could be less threatening for them. So I think there's all sorts of applications and hope that people try it out. Yeah, and, and I really like that word that you use is, is kind of creating that dialogue because it sounds like that's actually one benefit to positive psychology that, you know, because we don't generally tend to have dialogues with ourselves. We tend to be more critical. It's not like a two-way kind of it's a monologue usually where either I'm criticizing myself or I'm, um, or that's it, you know, but that word dialogue really can give some leverage to, Hey, okay. If I'm stepping out of my usual quote unquote experience and really taking a look at what's my role here, which is what I'm hearing from you can happen with positive psychology, then it really does create a different kind of conversation. Yes, and actually, the applications tend to be more broad. So there are some exercises that are specifically for a disorder. But positive psychology tends to be applicable to people who just want to lead a more satisfactory life or who want to optimize their potential. So it's not necessarily limited to uh, treating symptoms of an illness, per se. So even like just so even people that don't necessarily need quote unquote therapy, positive psychology can actually provide some benefits and and some steps or some strategies to help them move forward in developing their satisfaction or or um, thinking outside of that box. Yes, that's great. What um, I don't know, have you know like in in your experience working with positive psychology, have you noticed any other benefits aside from I know you mentioned earlier, like an increase in happiness, um, some satisfaction. Have you noticed any like physical benefits with positive psychology or societal benefits that may have occurred? You know, as, as a field, it was very pivotal to focus on strengths rather than limiting ourselves to look at someone's areas of deficit. So I, I would have to say the field has really blossomed and as a result of that, um, over the past dozen or so years, we've seen all sorts of very interesting research come out of um, this field of study. So I'd say, yes, we've already started to see benefits. On a very micro level, I have used this with clients who um, 
they had their child removed from their home because they couldn't figure out how to keep their child safe in the eyes of um, those protective agencies. And getting them to look at their strengths as a parent and getting them to be able to verbalize that has been tremendously life-changing for some of my clients who aren't able to necessarily advocate effectively for themselves. I've also seen this applied um, to group settings where I've done group therapy. I ask people to do some sort of an exercise. And undoubtedly, it does affect people who tend to somaticize their mental health symptoms. So for some cultures, it's okay to say, oh, I'm stressed out or I'm depressed, and that's why I'm not going to that party. And in other cultures, um, for example, I tend to specialize in Asian American issues, I see a lot of people saying, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm fine, I'm not stressed, but I have a recurring headache, and that's why I can't go to the party. Right, <laughs> right. So for people who tend to somaticize their, their mental health um, issues, then yes, I tend to see, wow, this person's able to sleep better or they have better digestion suddenly. So um, without scientifically measuring the person's um, physical symptoms, anecdotally, I've been able to see how applying any of these exercises can definitely help to alleviate some of the physical symptoms when they tend to be linked to mental health. And I like, you know, so it sounds, I mean, there's lots of different ways that this can, um, that positive psychology can be effective for individuals. And it sounds like it really is about um, listeners, you know, if this is something of interest to you, really finding someone who, who uses positive psychology or recognizes, understands it. So if listeners want to get in touch with you to get more information about, you know, because we talked about a variety of different things today, um, what are some ways that they can uh, get in contact with you? Certainly. Um, my email address is drmichifu at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-I-C-H-I-F-U at gmail.com. Otherwise, folks are welcome to reach me on my landline, 626-538-5108. So lots of, uh, a couple different ways to get a hold of you and lots of really great information about positive psychology. So thanks so much for coming on today and, and sharing this information with us and some things that listeners may potentially be able to do um, to help them move forward. Thank you so much for having me. And if folks have any other questions, I do have a book chapter coming out with my co-author, and it should be out in a few months having to do with positive psychology. Excellent. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in and join us next week when we talk to Susan Adler about conflict and conflict resolution. Take care and have a great weekend. Thanks. Thanks again for making the first of hopefully many changes this week by tuning in to Moving Forward Wellness One Step at a Time. Dr. Serena Wadwa hopes that you'll join her again next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 